This is Old School on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Again, it is, in fact, the day before. We're one sleep away from beat North, North Dakota. Everything in place and everything that's required, 402-464-5685. Sarder Heyman, text line, Honda Lincoln Hotline. If you want to join in, you guys have been active. Thank you for what you do and being a part of what we do on a day, day, day-to-day basis. Uh, you can follow live on the Sarder Heyman video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter Live. Uh, we make it easy for you. Jump on the app. Jump on YouTube. We make it easy for you. We make it easy for you. The event is in full. The event is in full. You know when the fans arrive and the food is out, the beverages are out, and then the star walks in. Let's bring him the in. showstopper. Yeah, you know, listen, there are very few folks uh, when identified as the Husker fan of all Husker fans. <laughs> we like that. Shall I introduce you as Larry the Cable Guy, Daniel Whitley? What should, what should, Dan, how should we go? You know what, Dan Whitney's good. Dan Whitney, Larry the Cable Guy. Dan, that, it's, Here's it's, the deal: Larry the Cable Guy makes the money, I spend it. How about that? How about that? How about that? I don't care what you call me as long as you're signing the check. How about that? How about that? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. If anybody signed a check today, uh, big bank take little bank. That's yeah. <laughs> that's the way this works. Money? Yeah, this is right. This is it. Figure the bank, they'd open it up back Ah, uh, you know, I know Let you got your go to the prize closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got your share. There's so much to, to, to your story, and I want before we get into Husker football and uh, your love for it, there's so much to your story because you tell the story of a person who never quit. Like that to me is the most impressive thing about what about your career was that you did the hustle, you did the grind. Folks in this business understand that you have to put yourself out there, and sometimes you have to bet on yourself. Absolutely. And you did. Absolutely. Everybody, nobody ever sees that part of it. They always see, man, he came out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> right. Boy, where he come? Overnight success. Well, one minute he's on, next time he's this. They didn't see it when you were waking up at 530 in the morning and calling radio stations and doing three-minute bits thir- uh, five days a week for 13 years, hoping something would take. You know, and uh, but that's what it took. And I know, yeah, and you're right. I never quit. Um, uh, I always knew that. Here's the thing: what I did with my, com- my when I did, wrote all these goofy commentaries for radio stations. Mm. Um, uh, it forced me. I was a comedian, so I needed something to force me to write because you get lazy in your act. So that forced me to write every day. I always had to have something new. So I liked it just for the sheer fact I was getting material from it, and it was forcing me to write. And in the back of my mind going, you know what? Keep doing this. It's helping me write. You never know what's going to happen. I'm just going to keep doing it. And I came up with that character, Larry the Cable Guy. And next thing you know, from just creating that character and working so hard at it and not quitting, I mean, I got uh, Mater from the Pixar movie Cars, all because they heard my voice on a CD. So, man, it just it totally paid off. And then, of course, Blue Collar Comedy came along, all that stuff. So, yeah, but even never that quit. St- but even that story wasn't smooth because you weren't actually included in the original concept of this thing. They came to you last 23rd hour. Yeah, they already had done about eight to ten shows. They didn't. One of the guys wasn't blue collar enough, you know. 
you're not doing very well. Yeah. And uh, but Jeff and I had known each other since the mid '80s, and he heard about this thing I was doing. Hey, what's Dan doing? I heard about this Larry the Cable Guy thing. I heard it's awesome. We should get him up here because everybody tells me he's got to be a part of this. we got to get him up here and audition for this thing. And that's what happened. My first show was in Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, down at the four, down yes. seven quarters? Yeah. Where, where I was four on, quarters? Yeah, what is that? Yeah. I was already on the radio there for a couple of years. So I, I knew right away I'm going to sell at least two, 3,000 tickets because right? I sell out every time I go there. And, yeah, I went on stage and got the gig right there after that first, right after that first deal. I was I was telling you before I was introduced to you back uh, uh, Rock ninety eight in Baltimore, and Absolutely. to find out for me to be in this place now to be a DC kid from to Lincoln right you've got to bump your knee a whole lot of times you got to fail a lot of times and a lot of times you got to question I love the fact that you never gave up and you simply outlasted your love for it. Absolutely. I knew I knew I had something there and I knew people liked it, you know, because I was selling some tickets and, you know, you get all these critics and all that. But I mean, I just enjoyed what I did. I loved making people laugh. And I just knew if I just kept at it, I never chased. That's the thing. And I never chased the money. You know, I never because some people won't do it. I don't pay me enough. But uh, I would go. I would think about who's going to be in the audience. Where is it at? Is it an iconic place it would be fun to have played? But I always looked at who's going to be in the audience. Sure, I'll take, I'll spend my own dime and I'll go up because you never know. There could be a booking agent that's in there that's going to have you open for the Alan Jackson tour. Right, or something. right, right. You know, and that's, so that's what I did. And, and uh, it's, it, it was, uh, it, yeah, it's just don't quit. Just always, always keep at it. Don't quit. And. I love the fact that, that through it all, and, and, and you acknowledge a thing that most of us who do this, who get a microphone ever know, that exaggeration is actually the story. And the difference between the truth and exaggeration in comedy, whether it's storytelling on our sports radio show, it's important. Right. Like, you have to make that decision all the time. Am I, can I tell the story? And exaggerated enough that it becomes big enough for somebody else to take. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many jokes that I do. Well, I'm a one-liner comedian, so I'm a set-up punch, set-up punch, set-up punch. Half the stories are kind of something that really happened, and then I just twist it to make it so outrageous that it's like like my like the true story. Ever yeah. since I was a kid, like one of my famous bits was always people always loved was uh, Grandma with the walking parks. Yeah. You know, every step she took. <laughs> Well, that's true. Grandma used to do that when I was a kid. So then I just brought that to the stage. But then yeah, I would add to it. You know, right. Grandpa dunking under the couch, thinking he's getting shot at. <laughs> yeah. You know, all that, all that, all that kind of stuff. So absolutely. Go ahead. Embellish life. I think one of the biggest things that he was talking about that he t- everybody talks about the finished product. So we talked about development. Everybody was you know the Jason Peters and everybody. They see you when you're exiting. You know the, the university. They don't see you when you get here. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from your perspective, I know you've seen some good football, seen some so-so football. You right. know, um, from a p- fan's perspective, you know, talk talk us through like last week, and also your ability to see past last week from your upbringing, obviously through your career, but then also as a fan. Well, first of all, I'm a fan, so I'm going to have the same reaction a lot of fans have. I'm, 
you know, I'm just a Husker, man. I love Nebraska. I bleed daggum red, you know. Right. And I just get disappointed and disappointed. And but I, but the thing I don't do is I don't quit on the team. I know it's the first game, right. and I know we we're in Ireland. Which, by the way, I was going to that game, but I ended up in Dublin, uh, Dublin, Georgia. Missed it by just just a little. You know, and I a little had a room. little different, a little different food and dialect. I, right? I had a room at the Holiday Inn Express. I'm waiting to see all these red people show up. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened on Saturday. I went to a high school game on Friday night. Oh. Um, uh, but uh, so yeah, as a fan, I'm disappointed, but. I'm also bleeding red. I always will be, and uh, I think I'm not. I'm. I'm just staying behind the team. I'm going to root as hard as I did last week as I am this week, and uh, hope we make some adjustments. And I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Here's here's my problem. People ask me all over the place whenever I go out and do. This. So how's Nebraska football going to be? Well, number one, I'm a comedian. <laughs> you know, I'm a comedian, right? so right? Um, uh, you know, you don't want me to fly the airplane if I don't know how to. But as a fan, I think I can kind of tell you a little bit from people I know, like Jay. Right. I know I golf with people. You hear stories from, so you can get a little, you know. And um, here's my here's what I thought about last week. My serious deal. I. I don't understand why a lot of fans were complaining about our offense when we were the t- one of a top 20 offense, the number two offense in the Big Ten. The problem is, in the last five to six minutes of every game, we would choke. We would throw an interception. We would fumble. We would do... And I'm not a Scott Frost apologist. I like Scott. I'll say it like it is. Last week I sent out a tweet saying that's the worst decision in college football. That's the worst decision in college football to go for an onside kick when you got the momentum and you got him dead in the water. Now you kick off, you got your defense fired up, and you just gave him seven points and lost momentum. I tweeted that, so I'm not a Scott Frost apologist. Uh, but the offense is pretty good last year. The offensive line, I mean, you're, you're running plays. You're not running up the middle because you don't have the, the line to run up the middle. But you're doing around the ends and you're doing the option. They couldn't stop the option. And then um, people are complaining. We need, a, we need somebody in there that can run off of that offensive coordinator and get some yards. Yeah, we're the number two offense in the Big Ten. You know? I don't get it. And then you, and then you come down there and you got a quarterback who was good. I thought he played well. But when there's nobody open, why aren't you taking the ball? you got 20 yards in front of you. Why didn't you run the ball? Who's making the call? When you're down on the goal line and you're running the same trap play that you've ran all day, the same trap play, and you're not getting in. You saw the game. Keep the ball and run around the end. You walk in. So whether it's Scott or whether it's the new offensive court, I don't know. Look, I don't like them. I, they're friends of mine. Mm. But – Something, something's different than last year. Last year, we opened up the running game a lot more. We didn't just run up the middle. You know, I don't know. But when I go around, everybody asks me about the basketball, but I'm just coming So here's the deal in my position. I'm damned if I do and damned if I don't. <laughs> well, I, I, I love the team, and I'm always going to give a positive spin on the team because I love Nebraska, and I want to get behind the team, and I want them to play well. And then, you know, then you've got people, oh, he's just an apologist. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Get him off for you. Well, then, you know what? They asked me, so I'm going to answer the question. What do you want me to do? Well, you know, but, I can't. But you I talk about do. it from love. You talk about it from love, which is what any what anybody wants. Like, you look, you care enough about it to watch, to, to root well. 
I, I, I've sat across from Scott and said, listen, I want the same thing you do. Like, there's simplicity in that. Right. Like, we're, we're, we're all in the same boat. Makes no sense to drag right. it to the ground. I, I, I wanted to ask you this and give you time to think about it, but as I we mean, sit here and talk, Pete said. You, get to, you get to give the pregame talk. <laughs> you get to give the pregame talk. <laughs> so tomorrow, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, you can't, you can't joke around the coach, talk, the coaches, are, the, wall, right, the coaches are just going <laughs> to get out of the way, and it, it, it's Coach Dan, it's Coach Whitley, and you're just you're, you can set it on fire. <laughs> what are you gonna What are you gonna say to him tomorrow? First of all, it's Coach Whitney, not uh, Whitley. Whitney, Whitney, <laughs> Whitney, Whitney. Well, when I say I, uh. you know what, I, I'm a comedian, so. I, what am I going to suppose? I'll, I'll probably get up there and uh, tell them the story about uh, me and Willie Nelson uh, going to the men's warehouse and farting in the suits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get them laughing. Yeah, get it loosen them up Just a little. Listen. That'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm at, that helps. You got to laugh. You got to loosen up. I remember I played with Brady Schnell out at Pebble Beach. That's the only time I ever made the cut at Pebble Beach with Brady. Yeah. That was a, one of the best rounds he ever had in golf. Thank you. Finished tied for twenty second. And we came out that last day, and Brady missed like a eagle putt. Then he missed birdie putt, and he got to come back. And he's just over in the corner stewing. So I went up. I'm like, "Hey, you want to get some pizza?" <laughs> and, he, and he just kind of looked at me, and I'm yeah. like, "Going, hey, Brady, seriously, if I miss this cut, it's because of that putt. You gotta, you gotta start playing better, man. People are looking at you. How, how in the world can you make these? You yeah, know, yeah. And so just, just keeping him light, like, right. like I play with him all the time. So it's like just keeping him light, and right. then you laugh a little bit, then eventually that, you have a breakthrough too. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of times, especially now with Nebraska, they know the story. They know we're so close. They know what's going on with Scott. Instead of going out and just having fun and doing what you know what to do and playing good, you're playing tight. You're playing not to lose instead of playing to win. Just go out, run around, have fun. You're playing a game. Have fun. Play to win and have fun. Just enjoy yourself. That's like, Jay, you know what it is. I was yeah. in golf. If you go out and you play golf and you're scared to hit, oh, man, this is a big putt, you play so much better when you're having fun. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if you go out and you play and you're not having fun, you're tight, you're not going to play well. You're going to yeah. do dumb mistakes. You're going to do dumb decisions because you're like, oh, no, what am I going to do? You just got to go out and have fun. I, if I was telling the team, I'd go, hey, you know, just go out and have fun. You're playing a game. You know, you're playing a game. It's necessary. And you're good. And you're, and you're where you're at because you're good. Right. And you know what? You got a little extra energy because you got that N on the side of your helmet and you got 90,000 people out there that love you. So don't worry about this or that. Just do what you know how to do. Play the game. You're playing a game. Run around. Have fun. If you have fun, you play better. If you could line up one time, put on the uniform. Run out there. Again. Just be out in the middle of it. <laughs> right. Where would you line up? Oh, man. If I got to play football, do it. Yeah. if I was built like yeah. Jay. Well, none of us are. I mean, Jay. <laughs> I mean, look at this the, guy. Well, him and Strick, like, uh, they, they have to understand that they're... Oh, yeah, look at this. Like, you have to understand that they're not human. They're What's up, just, B? How are you, man? They're just versions of us. But if you could line it up one time, Scott calls and he goes, hey, Dan, get in the game. Where are you going? I'm holding for kicks. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm, I'm holding for kicks. Is what I'm gonna You're not going to hit somebody? I would have sworn I can see you, you yeah, I can see you being a guard. If You'd be I, like Mark Sheriff that, that would always kind of joke around, soften you up, <laughs> pancake us, and then then tell me a joke. I think, well, anything with pancakes, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Uh, I'll tell you what. If I play football again, yeah. I think the best position, the funnest position is defensive end. Because all you got to do is get the quarterback. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Because I'm not bright. I'm not smart. So it's like, what do, what do I do? <laughs> get the quarterback. All right, put a chicken leg in his hand. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'd have made everybody happy. I put your fullback so you just run into people. You just run into people. <laughs> Strap some Krispy Kremes on his helmet. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get minutes. it. Let's get it. Larry the Cable Guy, Husker Hall of Famer Jay Foreman, uh, Husker Hall of Famer Eric Strickland is in the house. We're packed. We're good. The food is good. All of this is in play. We'll throw it to break when we come back. More old school. Got a little something for Daniel over here, a thing that we do. We will do it and pay tribute and then talk a little bit more about Memorial Stadium tomorrow afternoon. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Anthem Health Plans, Inc.